0: Hello and welcome to the Diabetes Dugout with Brighty and PG, brought to you by the Diabetes Football Community. This is your regular dose of all things football and diabetes as we bring you the stories of those affected by the condition who have a love of the sport. Everything we share and talk about on this podcast is from personal experience and if you have any concerns about the management of your condition you should always check in with a healthcare professional. Now with all that said let's crack on with the episode.
1: Hello and welcome to episode 19 of the Diabetes Dugout. With me today, as always, the man, the legend, Mr. Christopher Bright. Brighty, happy Christmas, happy new year to you.
0: Appreciate it, John. Happy Christmas and happy new year to you as well, mate. It's been a pleasure um, running this podcast over the last year, I think. And uh, yeah, we were hopefully going to be able to have a chat over many of those highlights and everything else in this episode.
1: Exactly. How was your Christmas?
0: Yeah, really good, mate. Really good. It was needed as well. You know, when you you feel that you need to power down and have a bit of a break and, and, um, yeah, recharge the batteries. It felt like that. And, um, yeah, I got to do it. So switched off, enjoyed myself. Um, Saw friends, saw family, all the really important stuff, and uh, yeah, it was a great end to 2021 from that perspective. And uh, not so much for my diabetes levels, though. We forgive ourselves, don't we? We forgive ourselves for those shortcomings around Christmas. But yeah, it wasn't the best time for my diabetes, but it was a great time for Chris. Really great <laughs> time for
1: Chris. So, um, so what we're we talking then? We're not, not, not in terms of levels. What? Um what were you doing? What was different for you? Um, I know sounds a really obvious question. Um, what was different for you? What did you do to, to try and combat it? Or did you just sort of stick two fingers up and go, yeah, do you know, what? I'm going to forget about it for one day, two days a week?
0: Yeah, I think obviously the food content, very, very different from my usual routine. The, uh, drink, consumption very different to my usual regime and that's not just from a an alcohol perspective obviously i did drink more alcohol than i normally would across the christmas period but that's just from like a a general drink you tend to have more sugary stuff floating around so um yeah there was all of that and to be honest john i i still keep an eye on it because i don't like it to be wildly out because i feel rough then and i want to be able to enjoy it so uh, there's a there's a part of me that says ah chris you know let go a little bit but there's another part that says well you won't enjoy it if you your levels are 17 18 because you'll feel awful so um i basically john i just stick a i basically keep putting insulin in and just you know just keep eating so um or, or drinking whatever it may be at the time and and that's kind of the approach I have around Christmas. It doesn't work. You know, it's not foolproof because I'll either go low and then I'll go high. And, you know, it's like the the fats and the proteins in food that I don't normally eat. I barely can remember how they play a part in my glucose levels. So it's, yeah, it's it's one big trial and error. And it's more error than trial, to be honest, over Christmas. And I think it's OK to be like that. I think we need to allow ourselves a, a period of time and um, across the year, where we do down uh, just a little bit, you don't want to um, throw away great work in terms of your diabetes. But there is a little bit where you need to put the person first and the diabetes second. And normally they're on quite an equal footing in my life, but for Christmas they're probably there's a little bit of a shift towards. Chris enjoying himself a little bit more than than looking after diabetes as much. And I do my best with it. But you know, if you took a look at my timing range across Christmas week, it was like 62%. So that's between four and 10 millimoles. And, and every other week, I'm normally 75 to 85%. So mm. there's a significant drop. And and I know that I was allowing for it. And I, you know, I'm gonna put it right again now. But it was you know i've got to have fun we've got to enjoy ourselves haven't we john and then that was that was the main aim for me really how was your christmas period in that perspective as well diabetes and everything else what have you what have you been up to mate how how did it go
1: oh lovely time with family um two boys who at half two on christmas morning when one of them came in and told me that father christmas had been (laughs) That wasn't that wasn't the time to tell me that Father Christmas had been, I'll be honest.
0: Could could he have just <laughs> not waited a little bit longer, maybe an just, hour or two, oh. maybe three, four well, like hours
1: later? It's fine. Everyone else in the house was back asleep. Although <laughs> I um I did I took him back to bed and uh I was lying in bed and actually my blood sugar went low at that time. So I was lying there, I was drinking um Luke said that I got by the bed and um, then I just heard him whispering his brother's name names so they share a room I went back in and went what are you doing and bear in mind he's seven he went oh I thought I heard him stirring so I was just going to tell him father Christmas had been. it's like no it's half two in the morning do not wake your brother because if your brother wakes up neither of you are getting back to sleep <laughs> but uh... um yeah no uh, lovely time I think it's um like for me it's um a lot about the, the children and I was with um my mum and dad and brother and his wife and their two children um, and just seeing them play as a four or in there as a two and a two or however they wanted to play and loving opening their presents and and all these new toys and just sort of getting lost in it all and yeah no it was a l- absolutely lovely time um, blood sugar wise very similar to yourself um, I think it's for me it's the um the sort of the food is out and and, and if you're having a, a sunday roast you'll you'll sort of look and go i've had x amount of roast potatoes um parsnips whatever else you're if you can have your bread sauce something else that's that, that's got the carbohydrate in you roughly know and and you, you might be out a, a little bit um but your, your christmas dinner if you're um we're having bubbly at 10 o'clock in the morning just a glass just to celebrate and then of course you're having nibbles with that so it's like yeah. right. need to have a bit of insulin for that and and you are just it's like you're i mean i'm on a pump anyway but it's like i'm just on a constant drip Need to I inject, always, need to put it in
0: this is the only time of year john where i envy people on a yeah. pump because i'm on injections and i felt like i needed like eight a day over christmas and that's just to try and manage the fact that it keeps going up and down, up and down based on what I'm eating and drinking. Yeah. So I did envy you on a pump really because it, it, over Christmas, when you're basically just shoveling food in, it makes life a lot easier. Whereas I'm needing to inject almost yeah. every hour if I'm nibbling on stuff or having a drink of something, then yeah, it was, it, it, from that perspective, I would have loved the pump over the Christmas period. But then I go back to normality, John, and I'm... yeah. I, i'm i'm okay with it again so yeah
1: well, i think i was i was upping my uh i was putting in temporary basal rates every day so upping it anywhere between an extra 25 to extra 50 percent of background insulin just for well you can you can only do it for maximum of 12 hours but after those 12 hours right put it on again um maybe a slightly less overnight but chances are i'd add a bit of cheese and biscuits or something before bed. Love a bit of cheese and biscuits. Glass of port at Christmas. Yeah. Classy hear you. individual that I am. Yeah,
0: I yeah, yeah. Classy man, Mr Peach.
1: <laughs> but um, Yeah, no, love it. And, and I think like you say, it's that, you know, if you're feeling rough, if you're going to go high teens in the 20s. Um, and if you do, you might just go, right, do you know what? As much as I want to have something to eat, I, I'm not. I'm going to wait for it to come back down um, and then go all over again.
0: Yeah. percent. I was the same approach I had. Just, I wasn't going to do it when I was 17, 16. I was sensible enough to say, no, I'm not, I'm, I don't want to do that because it's a yeah. bigger, I don't want to feel rough. Wait for it to come back down. Then we go again, John. Then we go again.
1: Yeah. Nice. On. So so today's podcast, we're, we're going to do a little bit of a review, a um, little bit of review of last year. For, um, for ourselves for tdfc um and then focus on plans for for going forward 2022 plans and just sort of i guess just keep people up to date let people know what what we're going to be doing what we're aiming to be doing how anyone could help us support us how anyone can get involved with us um so highlight for you last year 2021 what was your your tdfc highlight
0: Wow. Well, um,
1: or can you limit it to one? It's hard. It's,
0: not. I think it's hard to limit. It's hard to limit it to one. Um, I've got a couple of a big standouts, if you like. Um, for me, oh, it's, it's difficult. It is difficult. It is difficult. I'll, I'll have to go with. I'm going to go with two the standouts. I'm hoping, John, that you're going to go and take one of the things that I don't say is your it TDSC is. standout. That's my hope anyway. I think you can um, probably guess, Mike. Yeah, I know what I is. know. What I'm <laughs> pretty sure I know yours. And I think that's why I'm going to I'm gonna go away from that just because I think I know where you're going to go. So my two standouts are getting the men's team back together. And by the, by the way, these are pretty much on equal par. So getting the men's team back together in the summertime for... The first time in, would, it would have been nearly 18 months by the yeah. time we'd got back. And uh, it was special because we had new faces that had found us through the pandemic who'd found so much support through the um, online community that we've created via WhatsApp or our social media. And they, they just found us and they'd never felt that environment before. They'd never been into the, what we create as a, uh, like a personal connection. So what we do. When people arrive at our futsal sessions so this was their first experience of that and for me seeing some of them who'd been quite chatty in the whatsapp group seeing them come alive in the, the sort of physical uh space as well was class you know seeing them thrive and enjoy it and then come back and be continually involved was pretty special um then i think the women's project getting that off the ground was was a massive thing, you know, because I think that needs to be grown. We have to get to this point now in 2022 where we've got a women's arm to what we do and to inspire girls as well, to want to get in to that project and have something to shoot for in the future, just like the men do. You know, there's, there's kids that come through the TDFC project that are aiming to shoot for the men's team, you know, boys, but we need that for the girls as well, because there are so many more girls playing football in this day and age. We have to um, cater for that and the women coming together and the building that project and what they've got planned now for 2022 is a massive, massive um, deal for, for TDFC and something that I cannot wait for us to, to progress in the next year. Um, I do want to mention Um, because I feel it needs a mention, Um, a very, very honourable mention, is the way that TDFC London have come back together as well at the back end of 2021. Uh, The way they've come together as a a tight-knit group, um, the way they're interacting with each other in their WhatsApp group, the way that they are turning up to sessions, turning up to games, performing, enjoying it, really buying into what we tried to create as a, a nationwide project now creating it as a hub in London and you know massive congratulations to what they're doing down there to some of the boys obviously for Bryn for being the man that stood there and said I want to try and do this and create this in London um, back in 2000 and I think it was start of 2019 we did that. So um, yeah, massive, massive, well done to them. I think they deserve the mention as well, but I think those would be probably my big standouts for, for 2021, John. Um, I I,
1: I think that the, the, what you said there about the, um, the women's team, I think for me, seeing them do that Instagram live um, was absolutely massive. Um, The, the feedback they got from it, seeing, seeing them um, put themselves out there. Um, so Katie, Lucy, Olivia, and... um, Oh, who was the other one? Lucy? No, I said Lucy.
0: Lucy, oh, Liv,
1: Katie and Louise. Louise. Sorry, Louise. I oh, know she's going to be listening. She listens every week. Um, <laughs> sorry, Louise. Avid listener. Avid listener,
0: peachy. I won't tell her, I won't tell
1: her. But d- d- just seeing the four of them uh, just talking so passionately and, and and so enthusiastically about playing football with diabetes, being female, and doing it, and 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 just seeing the the similarities from the um the the way that they're living their lives, but the the extra barrier that they've had to overcome as, as well. I think that I think that was that was incredible and, and, and quite inspiring. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I think that, 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 that's been a real, real plus. And I know, we'll, we'll talk about it in a bit, but, but big plans going forward with the, with that side of it as well. Yeah.
0: Yep. definitely. So what was your highlights then, Mr. Peach for, uh, for 2021 with TDFC? Well, I'll tell you one thing that we need to mention also is that when is it that you've done one year as a, on the on the director's board john what is Oof. that we have I we surpassed have we surpassed one year but certainly it's your first year as a board member so how has that been it's yeah it's,
1: it's um in, in a standard brighty way of of <laughs> doing that oh can i just um can i just have a chat with you can we um <laughs> i just need to catch up about something oh yeah yeah no that, that that's fine um yeah that that, that soon becomes yeah, actually, what we'd like to do is um, get you on board. We'd, we'd like to be doing this. We'd like to be doing that. No, it's um, no, it, it's, it's been it's been really good. Yeah, it's third um, of December twenty twenty. There you checked. go. I thought it. Go. I thought done it a was done a year. Done a year. What's that? My bronze badge.
0: Yeah, We've we've got you. A, we'll get you a badge yeah. of sorts, John. Get maybe you can maybe shirt. you can house one of the uh, one of the awards that TDFC picked up
1: tdfc won awards
0: ah, we don't like to mention it john we don't like to mention it
1: <laughs> um yeah no i think I've, it's it's been um really insightful seeing the um or getting more involved you know, So other side like i feel as though I've been sort of there in the background from very early on um just sort of i guess more just sort of helping out and not necessarily having sort of the impact on on decisions or being involved in making them, but now in our sort of monthly meetings um yeah just chatting about things and and it's not all plain sailing um there's lots of things that lots of obstacles to overcome and and, and hurdles to jump and issues that people wouldn't even consider that that we have to have to deal with but no it's been great and um no thank you for for asking me to to be part of it just um i'm gonna get my invoice sorted and get that sent to you
0: (laughs) yeah 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 definitely (laughs) yeah i mean it's as i wrote in the blog post recently john you know it's been uh really important for me to have had you in that role to have had you on the board if you like and um now you see it from the other side if you like where all of the decisions come from where all of the the finances appear the struggles around the decision making and um what's coming up and how we balance different activities different projects where the emphasis is i think um i think you now see the the massive potential um but also like you said some of the hurdles that we have to overcome to reach our massive potential with tdfc so but yeah just a thank you from me for for all that you've done in the last year and uh one year in, I can't believe how quickly it's gone. Right. Eva, John, I can't believe it's been a year since you Crazy, joined the board, it? just flown by. But yeah, I feel like we sidetracked slightly from your achievement, what your key TDFC achievements were. Wow. But I wanted to make sure we mentioned it because I was very, very sure that it had been a year. So I wanted to sneak it in there without it's, you, uh, without you knowing that as well. I so I wanted, tweet, to,
1: yeah.
0: I wanted to drop that in there.
1: <laughs> you've done well. Yeah, I um, did. Yeah, I did do well with that one. I think there's. There's lots of highlights, but for me, I think it's it'd be fairly obvious the um, the podcast we did with Sir Gary Mabbott. He yeah. still wasn't. He still wasn't on that list. Come on, come on, Queenie, get him yeah. on that list. He's um, he's not quite got to
0: that, no. that
1: sir. But we <laughs> call him Sir in our community. Oh, uh, uh, it, it's that thing that you you hear the saying of oh, "never meet your heroes," or another, but with him i've i've met him before when i was a youngster and never one of my big um i guess frustrations was that when i met him i was so nervous and excited at the same time i didn't talk to him about being diabetic um so to yeah. to be able to sit and chat with him um the the time that he gave when as a as a Spurs fan i know how busy he is and and, and the stuff we, we talked about it with him that the stuff he's doing behind the scenes during, during lockdown. Um the fact that he gave a good hour and a half of his time and not at any point, did we feel as though he was like trying to wrap it up or, or I'm going to have to go. I've, I, I can, I said, I can only do an hour. Um, yeah. Just, just sitting there listening to him. I mean, he could, you, you could sit for hours and hours listening to some of his stories as well. Um, but but one of the the big things about it for me and I don't think that we didn't put it out there um, but my my oldest came in (laughs) and he shouldn't have done but he came into the room while while we were recording um, and Gary just mid-sentence just just stopped said hello to him um, asked him about Spurs asked him about his favourite player talked to to my son about his about who his favourite player was as well and they had a discussion. What is Harry Kane the better player? Is it Son? Um, and and for me, that thing that that moment of going, do you know what? It's it's now not just me. It's it's um, he's having. Oh, he's, he's had that sort of impact on one of my family members as, as well. And just the just what a nice top bloke that he was. Um, and and he didn't need to do that. I think it was just. I think I just sums him up but yeah being able to chat with him about diabetes and i think we we said after that that there was a lot of the the similarities um that that, that we've got growing up i think we're I'm, one of us is slightly older than the other so sort of grew up with him more but um yeah just just the the stories he got and and the role model he'd had been for us i know that we've had um, ben and and Jack on the podcast as professional footballers and and them being role models to to children nowadays. Well, for me, he was the only he was the only role model um, that I had from the diabetic point of view. I think we we talked off air afterwards about another a guy who was at Middlesbrough, a defender called Alan mm. um but he I mean he, he was never you, you never really knew he was diabetic. I think that the only time I knew was when I read something in Balance magazine, which my mum and dad got. Um, but yeah, for, for me, Gary Rabbit was the, the one that showed me that you could still play football. Um, obviously, I was nowhere near his level, but the fact that it was a, do you know what? Being diabetic doesn't stop you playing football. And, and that was, for me, as a youngster, that was, that was an important message
0: yeah it was a it was a magic moment to be fair having the opportunity to to interview the man as a somebody that has grown up on his um inspiration I think is the is the way of putting it he gave me light when it felt like it was very dark um especially in those early stages when I was coming to terms with diabetes and feeling like it had scuppered my progress scuppered where i wanted to go with uh becoming a footballer that was the dream was not it at that age um you know you don't want your dream to go out uh, or the light for where you believe your dream is um your future you don't want that to be distinguished um uh no sorry not distinguished extinguished is what i was going for um you don't want it to be taken away from you at that time of your life i was eight or nine and um his experience and his um story allowed me to keep dreaming and having that opportunity to meet him and talk through the stories and listen because i felt like it was a good hour and a half of just honestly just listening to the man's approach to life his um willingness to help others and his uh, ultimate desire to not allow diabetes to impact on his dreams was again it was another opportunity to just feel inspired for a whole
1: yeah.
0: hour an hour and a half that we we got that chance to to meet with him so again yeah a really great opportunity and like you said the the podcast itself in the last year has been a great place for us to listen learn and share stories of some incredible people that we've had the opportunity to talk to in the last year and i'm it's another massive step forward for tdsc that we've got this vehicle and this opportunity to chat away with people that are really really inspiring and uh can do a lot of good in what they talk about and what they share so it's been great to just bring that to life as well in the last year alongside how it's then been um an opportunity to share what we've been up to in our online space and bring some of the community onto the podcast. Cause we've seen a lot of incredible work in our WhatsApp groups, our social media, how people talk online through our guys that have been involved in the community for as long as they have. And I think the opportunity that we've been presented with the podcast is that we've been able to showcase what they've been up to. Mm. And I think um, without it, we would have been in a space where the pandemic would have restricted us, and, and we could have, you know, gone backwards. We found a way of going forwards, and I think the podcast was something that really allowed us to continue to show that um, throughout twenty twenty one. And I'm sure it's going to be able to give us that opportunity to keep going forward in twenty twenty two as well. Um, and then talking about twenty twenty two we've obviously got a whole lot of ideas and plans that we're hoping to to progress with. And um, I guess from your perspective, John, what what are the, some of the things that you would like us to, to go and achieve in 2022? There's obviously things that we've already got in the pipeline. Um, but from your perspective, where would you like us to go in 2022?
1: Well, I think it's... it's um if you look back to to a year ago and what our plans were for 2021 um or even back a year before that when when we were chatting the other day about what what we've achieved and and you think actually we've achieved a hell of a lot and we've been in the middle of a global pandemic and actually there's so much stuff that we we haven't got done because we've been unable to so such as um individual set uh, not individual sessions localized sessions um sessions for youngsters that we planned and i know that we'd um we got one planned for bristol that was yep. supposed to be um early 20 well, we're talking june 2019, sh- 2019 yeah july 2019 um, no,
0: summer 2020, I think. No, we were going 2020, for. yeah, 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 Sorry, we'd, yeah, yeah. We'd planned, started, got into good conversations at the start of 2020, and the, everything was planned in, and then bang, pandemic,
1: yeah. yeah so, I, I think things like that, yeah, um, that that's obviously depending on what restrictions we're, we're working with again. Um, I think that it's the the ability that we've had to to reach out to people um, over over social media and um, being able to do that has, has been one of the the advantages of it, and I think we've probably got a lot more um, followers, and a lot more people aware of us because of the the, the work we've been doing, the message we been spreading. But for me, I, I think getting out and being able to to reach out to to youngsters. Um, and and I, I guess try and inspire them try and get them to see look do you know what you you can be an adult oh sorry you can be a diabetic and still play football or play rugby but play, play sport I know we are the diabetes football community but I think at, at that age there's um the the education side and that's something that we'll probably talk about later um but I, I still think there's people who are understandably afraid to try and push themselves when exercising um, or when being physically active at at a younger age because they're worried about the the consequences of it Um, and and just being able to to work with children and do that but also try and help support parents and carers um because i like, like we said in in one of our previous ones it's I, I don't know what it was like really as a, a youngster being diabetic. But if you if you chat to my mum and dad, they'll know exactly what it was like. Um, and, and actually the worries that as a child, you haven't got those worries that mm. as a as a parent or carer um, for with, with a child with type one diabetes, it must be the the, the worries that, that and concerns that you've got must be off the roof some of the time or a lot of the time yeah thing think from from chatting with people so yeah definitely looking to to do things like that um i mentioned there sort of a, the education side of it did you want to pick up on anything on that
0: yeah and i think obviously we we have those two key strands that we we try and align with with every project that we go into at tdfc we look around participation and we look around education I think those are two arms that we um, try to ensure that whatever project whatever line of work we step into they align with those key elements of what we're all about and I think with education we've got something really big that's uh, landing pretty much imminently um, that I've been heavily involved in for the last two years where we are for the first time stepping into creating an awareness uh, program for schools, which is aimed at children age five to 11. Um, Basically along the lines of trying to bring about a a change in the way that people view diabetes. So along the lines of incorporating the whole condition. So looking at everything from prevention through to looking at uh, the differences in the main types through to just generally becoming more aware of what the day-to-day looks like of people living with diabetes. Diabetes is now a big conversation within society. There are millions of people living with it in the United Kingdom and across the world. So for us, it needs to be a conversation which is now more accurate and our children should be aware of. So for me it's been a big part of my view is that to change uh stigma and stereotype we need to get it into our children and at a younger age where they are given accurate information around what it is that diabetes is so this um program which is called active minds and the diabetes awareness element of active minds is going to attempt to tackle that it's going to look at day in the life of somebody living with diabetes it's going to look at Um, lifestyle choices to hopefully help with the idea of prevention of type 2 diabetes and it's also going to be really focused on giving us a clearer perception for our kids around the differences between the two main types of type 1 and type 2 so we stop seeing a a disjointed and kind of um, it's kind of a, a disconnect isn't it between people living with type 1 and type 2 my my real focus is that actually we're stronger together and I want this program to really help with positioning type 1 and type 2 as different um, conditions but at the same time harnessing their strength together as that overall picture of diabetes because if we're we're fighting each other over the differences and really going ah but we're type 1 and we're type 2 then we we lose some of our strength that actually we can gain by bringing the word diabetes together, and that's my kind of um, my view on it is that we're we are stronger together. But I want us to have that real. Um, I want the the correct information out there, and I want us to really showcase diabetes in its entirety from prevention, type two, type one. So key elements. There are obviously many other types. But those are the key areas that we're trying to raise awareness of within schools. And um, the education programme that we're bringing out is, um, I hope, a real big step forward, a really big opportunity to, to get accurate information out there to our kids and also to teachers. You know, I feel that teachers don't feel that they have the resources and the education and um the the knowledge to really push it out there and and talk about it as openly as they might want to because there is now probably a child with type 1 in almost every school. There is probably um, children, unfortunately, that may be at risk of developing type 2 in almost every school um, up and down the country. And I feel that we have an opportunity with with this programme to really start making inroads into this area. And we're just starting. This is our first foray, if we, if you like, into this area. So we won't get everything right first time round, but we've given it a really good go. And I think, you know, by the fact that we've spent nearly two years um, myself working with the the team at AJB Sports in Education, with Andy Beeston, um, especially, I feel that we've, you know, we've got... a a great opportunity here to, to really have a good go, have a good start at this. And I hope that it's going to have a really positive impact. And that's just one area of education, right? So we've been looking at resources as well to try and support coaches, to try and um, give them a better insight around how it must feel to live with diabetes from our perspective, and also to give them the kinds of information that they need to hopefully coach A child or an adult with type 1 diabetes or potentially type 2 diabetes with with um, you know giving them more comfort around it hopefully making them more comfortable with dealing with diabetes within football so for us it's always been about trying to challenge trying to support and trying to provide greater education and more awareness out there these are two areas that we've really focused in on and I think we've now got to a position where we've made some really strong progress now that's areas of helping with education for um those that don't live with the condition now obviously there's areas and things that we want to progress with which help those with the condition as well now this podcast is one of those areas where we're sharing stories where we're openly discussing what it is like to live with diabetes and um give greater awareness of how people manage the condition to achieve and to go through different uh, parts of their life so this is a great tool for raising awareness uh, developing education and supporting those with the condition to gain and glean greater knowledge we are hopefully in the future going to get back to doing conferences that might be something more online rather than being in person like we've done in the past but certainly as you know john education's been a massive part of what we've been about from day one and and hopefully some of those ideas and some of what's coming up will will give um all of that and more
1: it's quite um it's quite a big thing for me i was lucky enough just before christmas to be asked to speak um at the diabetes uk um at a christmas event um and i got to speak to their staff now little known to me there were 250 people on the call um so I had, to, I had to do a little bit of a talk to them and then some uh, questions and answers and then one of the questions they said to me was um what do you think one of the fo- focuses should be for diabetes uk for next year and i said about the education and and i said going into whether it's going into schools or supporting students in schools uh, supporting staff um supporting parents in in helping them um I, I guess just sort of give them peace of mind that the schools know what they're doing with their child for the six seven eight hours that the, the, the child is is there per day um I think one of the things that um sort of made me think that is but thinking back to when when I was younger and um sort of maybe sort of 9 10, 11 and the the doctor the, the diabetes specialist i saw he, he was just he was very much at well why don't you do this why is your blood sugar high then why aren't you doing that and and it just the, the thing that always stuck in my mind was well, you haven't got diabetes why are you telling me what to do like what, why should i listen to you and I, i'll be honest i thought he was a bit of an idiot and i think um my mum was of the similar opinion because she was the one that would, would always come with me to the appointments um but just thinking of of of, of that support that you can give and and realizing it's it's not just one person needs that support when when they're a child it's the child it's their parents or carers and um it's the school or like you said there the 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 football coaches for their weekend team um and 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 helping them see because if the if you can get them feeling confident going to football and the parents confident allowing them to to be part of a football club the the knock-on effect that can have with them be able to to go um to cubs to to guides to be able to go away on scout camp something like that where the confidence just just keeps increasing and they can see that their life can be as normal as it can be and 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 they don't have to feel completely isolated or, or feel as though they it, it, it holds them back doing so much and I think having being able to see older diabetics who have led that life from a young age and and, so, and being able to say look it, it doesn't hold you back don't let it hold you back this you can do whatever you want
0: I think that's what we're, we're trying to do is that we're trying to reduce those barriers and I think by providing as much education, as we can to those with the condition and those that don't live with the condition but play a big part in the way that we live our lives. If we can provide education to those people, we are reducing or trying to reduce the barriers in the best way we can. We are providing that um, rounded approach where we try our best to help people upskill themselves in the way that they manage their condition And we're also trying our best if we can to upskill those that have a big um, or play a big part in our lives and can have a big say in how we interact with things that we like doing, whether that's sport, whether that's um, the way that we are at school, um, in our young, whether that's going to um, clubs, whether that's going to gyms, leisure centres. We're just trying our best to raise awareness and educate those people that can play a part in our lives and you know we've heard many a story that says a coach has stopped somebody from playing Mm. uh, because maybe they didn't feel comfortable or they had a hypo now we know how to approach that situation we know that somebody who might have a hypo this week is probably unlikely to have that same hypo next week because they might go away and learn yeah but the coach might not feel comfortable in that and we need to do our best to get that message across that we're trying our best to help those coaches feel more comfortable about dealing with people with diabetes and those um, facilitators in in gyms and leisure centers across the country as well it's trying our best to to impart that kind of knowledge and and give them the tools that they need to feel comfortable in in coping with um, coaching or teaching people with with diabetes across the country so that's our our aim as well as a as an organization that really I think I I hope really as well that represents the people living with diabetes and, and, and in a sporting context and I think that's uh, from my view especially something I really want us to be able to achieve in 2022 alongside all of those great participatory opportunities as well you know from the kids sessions that you're mentioning john there that we nearly had lined up that we're hoping to bring back and deliver for the first time we again we've got great conversations but it will again uh, with, with organizers and with football associations to make that happen but it will again depend on the context that we're in the restrictions we might have to face and um ultimately the sponsors and the support that we're offered you know we we can't do it without support and um, a lot of what we do relies on getting great support and um, something we will touch on as we come towards the end for sure is is how people can get involved in that and support us but um, to deliver great uh, projects like the kids project like our men's team where pot- potentially they could end up at dire euro in 2000 and 22. Uh, if not, there might be other opportunities for for, uh, for big tour for, for tournaments where they play against other nations, or where they play against some other mainstream teams. And that will be the same for the women's project. That's a that's essentially where we want to get to with the women's team as well. Is getting them all together to start with, and then hopefully bringing them great participatory opportunities. Whether that's against mainstream teams, playing in mainstream leagues, whether that's an opportunity to play against another nations. Women's diabetes team. I don't know what that looks like, but we want to strive to achieve those kinds of goals for the women's team as well. So, and so you- growing those hubs as well. You know, the, the London team's been incredible at what they've done in taking the TDFC national ethos and, and putting that into London. And we want to see that grow as well across the country as well from, you know, whether that's in the Northwest, whether that's the Midlands, whether that's in Wales, Southwest where you are, John, you know, this is the kind of approach that we want to take. We want to bring TDFC to as many places as we can in the United Kingdom. And dare I say it across the world as well, John, that's where we've got to believe that this can go and this, this idea, this um, project, these the ideologies the ethos that underpins it the environments that we create it shouldn't just be felt here in the in the uk and in local areas it should be felt wider than that because i think it it's it's pretty powerful in Mm -hmm. in what it can achieve and how it can bring people together and ultimately deliver great health outcomes for individuals um and i think that's you know for me a big part of what we want to achieve in every year, not just in two thousand and twenty-two, but in every single year that we operate in.
1: You were saying there about the women's team mm-hmm. as well. What's the the plans, the the vision with the the women's team moving forwards? Then, because they haven't had any sessions, um they haven't met in person yet. They they've done all their meetings online. But what's their what's the plans? um on that side
0: um they've got now a date in the very first for the very first time um so they're going to be working towards that they've got plans coming together to bring as many women with type one to that session that want to take part in futsal as they as they can So they're going to be over the next couple of months really building the awareness of what they're trying to achieve. So for the coming weeks, building up to that, they will be looking at building um, momentum with social media posts, with um, whether that's Instagram lives, Twitter spaces, whether that's blog posts. They're going to be talking more and more about what they're going to be up to. So but really, really, really excited by the fact that they have got that first date planned in, um, in Worcester we'll be utilizing contacts and links that we've um, developed for the men's set up around the diabetes football community. So they're going to be utilizing those. And also just really, really want to encourage any um, uh, female out there that might be considering what getting involved or has just coming just coming across it for the very first time, please do shout up and um, yeah. Give the girls a follow, give the girls a, a message on the Twitter account, or again send anything through to the TDFC main accounts. And we'll make sure that the that the girls behind the project get to see and hear from those that are keen to get involved. And, and as we said, we need as much support as we can to make these things happen. So if there's anyone out there that really wants to help drive that project forward, please do get in touch.
1: And and what um what ability or what experience to to, um people need to have to, to take part in that session?
0: Just the desire, John, to want to play. Um, as you know, from being at the the men's sessions, we, we accommodate skill levels um, of any type, you know, everything from we've had former professional footballers at our men's session all the way through to those that haven't kicked the ball for years. So it's about bringing people together with diabetes using their passion and their interest in football or futsal to feel what it's like to be around others with the condition i think that's our main objective with it is it's not about who's the best footballer yeah sure there's time for that you know we do have a obviously a performance pathway for for the men's team where we want to take the best individuals and best players that we can to die euro but for most of the season we actually just ensure that it's about playing and enjoying each session so that'll be exactly the same process that the i I hope that the women's project can take in the in the way that we we just bring people together that want to play football or futsal so that they can for the first time feel what it's like to be surrounded by those that live with their condition is the same gender as them and is also um really passionate about football you know there's really just by bringing those sorts of individuals together you build a network of people that you can always call upon you can always share with them stuff that you can't share with many other people sharing with um people like yourself that live with the same condition there's really nothing else like it john you'll you'll know that yourself is that it's a really amazing surreal experience being able to talk so openly about the types of insulin you use the the thing that you wear on your arm to measure your blood glucose level or um, the fact that you were awake at three o'clock the other day and you scoffed the whole cupboard and you felt horrendous the whole next day at work and yeah, we've (laughs) all been there so that's it's a rare thing and I think that's what we're trying to encourage it's not about how good you are Football it's just about the fact that you are interested in it, and you know you want to come and get involved, and you want to see what it's like to be to be involved with the diabetes football community, really, and, and see what it's like to be around others that are living with with diabetes.
1: Yeah, that's one of the key bits of um I guess feedback that that we've had from a lot of the lads that being there at that first session, or whether that's the first session we did or the first session that people turn up to. Realizing that it's not just about you're not turning up, you're not just having a kick about you're there, you're you're being sent off to check your levels, you're chatting insulin and which insulin you're taking and what what you have before, during, after a game, what your your levels are during um during the week. Are you in an active job? Are you sat behind a desk? When do you train? What are your levels at? How do you get them down? You, you look at some of the, the stuff that's gone on the, the WhatsApp group just in the in the last couple of days for us with people asking um, what supplements they take and and, and 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 there are four or five different answers from people that have it and, and depending on your the, the carbohydrate content you want in it so just the for me the the football almost or the futsal almost comes second to it um in terms of what you can you can take away from the day and being able to Have these conversations with what uh, starts off as completely random strangers, and you've you've been brought together in a room by two things: you like football, and you're diabetic. Um, in in what other walk of life are you going to be brought together with with people like that? Um, and and yeah, just the being able to to have those conversations, knowing that you're all um in the same boat I think is, is in, you, you can't measure how powerful that is and that, that, that that's that that's a huge thing for it and um, I think we uh, while we're on, on the subject the women's football as well the that the, there's been the, the big push with her game two as well that hopefully lots of people have seen um, it's all over social media a lot at the moment and um, they, they, they they've got involved as well haven't they
0: Yeah, they've been really supportive of what we've been trying to achieve Um, so much so that they've donated to the diabetes football community to help the girls get started in the project. So um, the funding that they provided will be helping to pay for their their day, you know, their first day, the way that they approach it. And then probably subsequent days as well will be funded by um, the money that Her Game 2 uh, kindly donated. From some of their merchandise sales that they've gone through in their campaign, so yeah, massive thank you to those that uh, the the girls behind Her Game too, especially Kaz and Amy that I've spoken to personally, who have gone a long way to supporting what we've been starting here. So and a brilliant project in itself. Um, yeah. So yeah, if you haven't checked out Her Game too, you need to um, because what they're doing to sort of raise awareness of. Um, the challenges that women have faced within, within football is uh, it's, there's nothing else that's been like it. And I think what they've done in such a short space of time
1: yeah.
0: has been brilliant and uh, long may it continue. Um, and uh, yeah, we're, we're big, big supporters of it um, partnered with them. And um, thank you as well for for everything they've done for, for the TDFC yeah. women's project. And um, yeah, well, I'm sure they will be, st- bits and pieces of, of things that we do together in the future as we grow what we're doing. And um, obviously their work's been astronomical in the last few months, the way it was going to go. And I knew that when I spoke to them at the very start when they were just building it and uh, I knew it would go the way it has, because it was yeah. it's just such a, a, a campaign that was needed and uh, it's been clearly demonstrated by the support it's got. So I have no doubt it's going to be amazing in the future. And um, yeah, it's been amazing for us as well.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's absolutely spot on. Um, you mentioned it earlier. We it we it's one of those things that I was slightly aware of um before coming on the board, and am now so much more aware of, and and that is the everything we do, we need to finance somehow. Um. I know that sponsors from, from before are now harder to get um, within the last couple of years because people haven't got that money or they're not as willing to part with it because that, that income hasn't been coming in for them. Um, we, w- we do lots of things. We, we held an auction just before Christmas um, with lots of signed memorabilia. We're, we're going to do another one of those looking around easter time next year um we're we've already got ideas that, that, that we share between us for that um but we we need support from as many people as possible don't we
0: yeah as you said john it's um it's a tough tough ask working in the not-for-profit industry um we were created out of a movement if you like out of a bit of a campaign about uh, out of a a need really um obviously something that i created to begin with founded it but very very quickly i knew that i was not just the only person going down this road and once you start creating the movement and once you can see that it's there we needed finance we needed support we needed people that were passionate about what we were trying to do to come on board as well. So we're always needing more and more people um to help us in terms of our resources to just get things done. Because there's so much to do, John. You see that yeah. in what we do every day and the conversations that me and you have back and forth. Um so it's the voice notes. The voice <laughs> notes, honestly. <laughs> You talked about the auction there, how much work goes into managing that auction from you to to live to to me, like just managing that back and forth, sending things out, like the merchandise orders and stuff like that. Like there is so much that we need to do. And, you know, the project is has grown every year despite a pandemic. Imagine if it was given like, a huge injection of finance it could be astronomical in the way that it goes but it's hard it's been really difficult as you said the sponsors uh have maybe found it more challenging than than ever before to to free up um spare capital to support um needy causes and, and causes that deserve support like ours um but we have to continue to try and move forward don't we we have to try and work out ways and means to continue to to drive this forward and i think we've we've come up with some ways you know in terms of looking at now um we patreon as a as an opportunity to for people to sign up for a monthly fee to access some of our services in the future um, as that's something that we are aware of that obviously we've we've built a lot of this on sponsorship before but uh, we need to continue to finance that and maybe now we need to move to um, having more support from others to try and help us do that
1: Uh, you you, you say a monthly fee what what are we talking (laughs) the price of a coffee
0: john as we've talked about you know price of a coffee uh, the price of a couple of coffees and that'll get you things like percentages off the merchandise it'll get you things like access to exclusive podcasts which we're going to record this year um it'll get you access to sessions that we may put on in the future um all really just to you know and as we said it's not a lot of money to to ask of people especially if you've you know you feel that you've got something from tdfc in the last few years to to help us continue to grow this and and do all of the projects that we've just talked about john you know the the where we're going to go and what we're trying to achieve um i hope that many people would resonate with the with the the work that we've done and would see the value in what we've created and hopefully would, you know, be able to, in some way, contribute to, to our ongoing, um, needs and, and what we would like to achieve in the future. So, um, that that's a big part potentially of what we can be doing and thinking about, um, and hoping to get support from people. Um, the donate button's been a lot easier to now access on, uh, the uh on the on the website so i was uh working feverishly um <laughs> before christmas to um get that sorted so now the um if you go onto the donate tab on our website it's now been made really really easy for you to submit any form of donation really that you would like to make towards the diabetes football community and again it all goes towards the work that I, we've just talked about um all of our projects are funded by the diabetes football community then so um, yeah any funding that can come in or any support is always gratefully received and appreciated so yeah we're looking at things like that we're obviously looking at the way that we can hopefully in um receive sponsorship as well and and have those great conversations with some of our partners that we've had in the past um in the diabetes community and the diabetes sphere as we continue to look and grow in the future. But I think John, we've probably covered more than enough for our uh, for our wrap-up and our look forward. So
1: there, there's one more thing, mate. There's one more thing. Is there one more thing? Yeah, is there? there is. Just um we, we couldn't have a podcast without doing some of the um the questions or a bit of a quiz. So I've got four questions for you based on our podcast. Oof. Okay, let, let's see how Oof. much you can remember. Or what you know. (laughs) This is probably,
0: uh, this is going to really show me up, John. Uh, We'll go for it, mate. It'll be a laugh. Come on You know know I don't
1: like to do that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you do.
1: (laughs) And what was the date of our first podcast we released? Any Um, idea?
0: I'm never going to know the actual date, but I think it would have been in March
1: so march was the first one we did with a guest 26th of feb was the one you and me did as an introduction
0: and that is ironically john the day that we are founded on 26th of february so should have yeah maybe i should have known that but yeah 26th of february um the day we begun 2017 yeah go on then what's the next one who
1: was our first guest we had on
0: Ah, first guest i reckon it was wardy
1: spot on
0: timmy ward yeah uk's number
1: one start of march start of march wow uk's number one back at start of march yeah we've we've had one returning guest during our 19 episodes can you yep. remember who that is?
0: Oh, I know who that is. It's Mr. Scotty Burrell.
1: Scotty Burrell.
0: Scotty Burrell. Yeah. yeah the, the man, the myth, the legend, the, the, the runner
1: of all distances. Yeah. So final one then. Yeah. How many in those 19 episodes we've done, because some of them have been just you and me, how yep. many different guests have we had on sharing their stories? How many guests
0: out of 19? I think I'm gonna say 13.
1: Just higher 15. How was it 15? 15 Ooh. guests. We've we've also had the one that we did on the first session back where we had lots yeah. of people chatting. Um, yeah. we we did our Di Euros review. Um but just for me, looking back at it and and looking at, I know we we talked a bit about the podcast earlier and um what what we've got from it as well. But those the 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 fifteen people that have have come on and 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 given their their stories, their experiences, and and and, and just been willing to share the the ups and downs of living life with diabetes, just i think it's just been incredible and and, and I I I'm I'm a big believer that if just one person can take something away from it it's absolutely massive so yeah. massive thank you to to those 15 guests we've had on um yeah. how,
0: many did you score, looking, then? how many did I score how many did score uh two two out of four i think that's not bad no, that's and, not-
1: and and I'll, I'll give you i'll give you half a mark for the first one
0: yeah, it was close. I mean, I knew roughly when we'd started, so yeah. but good, yeah, good, two and a half.
1: Good podcast knowledge, Brighty.
0: <laughs> I would hope so. I'm the I'm the <laughs> one that edits this thing together, so. <laughs> well,
1: that's why I'm disappointed you didn't get four, but never
0: uh, mind. Ah, well. Oh, well. Ah, oh, well. Um but yeah, I think just to echo and just to finish on um, you know, thank you to everybody that's played a part in this podcast over the last year and uh, I'm really looking forward to um, the guests that we bring on this year as well and how we can uh, continue to like you said John hopefully impact on at least one person listening um, it's always a pleasure and an honour to be able to get stories out there and, and for people to to feel comfortable and open enough to share their, their stories with diabetes and whether it's football or, or through sport um, with us on the podcast so yeah it's been a real pleasure to be able to share them in the last year Um, I'm looking forward to sharing many more in the next year. And I just wanted to finish off by saying a massive thank you to everybody who plays a part in the diabetes football community from behind the scenes, from everybody from the board of directors, the TDFC women's team, the TDFC London team, you know, those that are helping with digital marketing all the way through to, you know, just everybody in the community that engages and supports each other. Uh, whether that's in WhatsApp groups, on social media, wherever it is, wherever you're impacting and being influenced by the diabetes football community and interacting with our work. Um, it's always appreciated. And um, yeah, just a huge thank you from me uh, personally to you for everything that you do. And uh, uh, and obviously a massive thank you to you, John, for everything that you do in terms of the podcast and um, everything we do behind the scenes together to make this to steer this ship that we're, we're steering at the moment. And uh, long may it continue and uh, really appreciate all the support, mate.
1: Now it's, it's funny as it? I was thinking the other day, it's like we have only met in twice, in person twice since the start of the pandemic. And yet the, the stuff that we've, we've gone through and I know we're sort of all, I feel as though we're all zoomed out with everything being done like this but I think it's it's really helped um us to be able to to deliver lo- lots of different things um including the podcast and massive thanks um to you from not just from me but I think from everyone who's involved um or has had any dealings with the diabetes football community and I've I've said it before and I'll say it again the that that little dream you had back in 2017 look at where it is now and yeah it's it's an incredible journey and I think as we said earlier in the week it's only going to get bigger and better this year so let's keep going.
0: It's been some journey so far John and um, and I'm delighted that I decided to to put it into motion all those years ago and I'm really excited to see what comes next but yeah. um, We're going to
1: head for the Europa Conference League next. Hey
0: we're up there. We're shooting. We're shooting. Not, for, not far off. Hey, we shoot for the stars, but if we miss, we might end up on the moon. John, one of the <laughs> one of those classic sayings. So, we'll keep going, mate. But yeah, cheers, mate, and uh, really appreciate doing this episode. Well that's it for this episode and we just want to say a huge thank you to everyone who has tuned in and don't forget to subscribe and follow the podcast on whichever platform you're listening to us on and whilst you're there if you could rate and review us that will help us and the show to reach more people whilst if you'd like to get in contact with us about any ideas or thoughts for the show send us an email about the diabetes dugout to the diabetes football community at gmail.com or head to the website www.thediabetesfootballcommunity.com for more information about our project. Thanks for joining us and tune in next time for more stories, inspiration and information about diabetes in football.